Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Shalom Yehudim, shalom le'bnei Noach, shalom le'goyim. It's the evening of the fourth day, Erev Yud Gimel Ba'adar Beis, Parashas Tzav, Tafshin Pei Beis 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 15 March 2022. You're listening to Phantom Nation, podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from the land promised to Jews that the world resists letting the Jews have. Anti-Jew intellection is, for yours truly, simultaneously uh, a sadness and a pleasure that world anti-Jewry continues to deny us Jews the right to our tiny state. This is the meaning of the post-1970 birth of the legendary Palestinian people for whom the birth of Israel was a racist imperialist crime against this putatively ancient nation from whom the Jews stole their ancient homeland. And they continue to suffer the daily humiliations and oppressions of Israel's Jews acting like Nazis toward Palestinians now treated as the Jews used to be. Well, uh, sometimes uh, yes and sometimes no. Sometimes the Arab Goy, like Muhammad Abbas, deny there was a Holocaust, and sometimes they accept the reality of Nazi persecution. Only the Jews have themselves become Nazis, uh, in which, uh, which cancels the pity for them that led to the UN deciding to allow the Jews to steal Palestine as just another racist imperialist crime against an innocent third world people. In this edition, we will dissect the latest crime against Jews by Amnesty International, whose American CEO, uh, named for the notorious anti-Jew Paul of Tarsus, uh, who consciously or otherwise disapproved of the right of Jews to have their own state, uh, implying that a binational state of Jews and ancient Palestinians would be politically correct uh, to uh, right the wrong of the Jews having their own state. This was at a speech delivered in Washington, D.C. In other words, not only as per Amnesty's recent indictment of Jews as criminal violators of the human rights of the so-called Palestinians, and never mind, there's absolutely nothing Palestinian about these people, uh, but uh, the Jews uh, have no right as well to an independent state. Indeed, uh, he claimed to know better than the Jews themselves what they really want, which is not their own Jewish state, but... uh, just a safe and secure place. The arrogance and the ignorance here is simply breathtaking. And we'll get started after the following message or messages from IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date.
שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוח, שלום לגויים. It's the evening of the fourth day, ערב י"ג באדר בייס, פרשת צו, תשפ"ב, 5782, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, 15 March 2022, you're listening to the Phantom Nation, podcasting on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, coming to you from the land promised to Jews that the world resists letting the Jews have. In the first recorded conversation between the first Jew, Avraham ben Terach, and his creator, everyone's creator, God dispatched Abraham to a foreign country to the west. He did not even tell him its name, and Avraham went. And ever since, the world, leastwise an important percentage of the world, hates the completion of that promise in our time, in our generation, meaning really it's recreation, after the gas chambers and the crematoria uh, of Euro-Christian hell. And it is clearly a... daily occasion, this hostility to Israel and even the rightness of its very existence. Though I personally enjoy observing the twists and turns of the anti-Jew way of perverse thinking, it's now news that the United States uh, manager of Amnesty International, one Paul O'Brien, a most inauspicious name, addressed the Women's National Democratic Club the other day. I say inauspicious because the name Paul O'Brien... Uh, calls to mind the first Paul, a major anti-Jew, no anti-Semites in those days. The conventional wisdom uh, about him is that he was a Jew who became a Christian, but there are opponents of that view. I think the uh, scholar Chaim Maccabee uh, could see him as not a Jew, but a Gentile who converted to Judaism and then did a U-turn and returned to being a non-Jew and became a Christian. And as for the name O'Brien, well, I think it's reasonable to see the Irish Dale, I think it's called, as today the most nasty and hostile to Israel Parliament in Europe, which obviously has roots deep in Roman Catholic culture uh, with its thoughts and feelings about Jews. Ireland did not link arms with England in the war against the Nazis, and surely uh, Irish Catholicism played a role in that decision to stay out. Hitler, after all, was also a baptized Catholic, as were all of his inner circle. So Mr. Paul O'Brien, the American CEO, that's his title, of Amnesty International, except for the Jews, which should be the full name of that outfit, Amnesty gives to, if not Amnesty, then a buy to Jew-killing terrorists, but never to the Zionists, who are always the guilty party, no Amnesty for them. which makes classical Christian sense, it seems to me. Jesus is the Jew at the moment of death, who is the guiltiest man in the world, who, like the sacrificial goat on Yom Kippur, the, uh, the source of the English word scapegoat, who is laden with all the sins of the community and killed, and also the source of the Greek art form called tragedy. In Greek, the word for goat is tragos. In the Christian story, the central actor is a Jew, who at the moment of, of his death is the guiltiest man in the world. That's Amnesty International's take on Israel. We Jews have been bled, stabbed, blown to bits in our streets in recent years by the satanic, savage, hamitic, sadistic, cruel Arab Muslim Jew killers, with Amnesty saying nothing about that. And what I find so interesting is how these anti-Jews, to borrow from the Psalms, walk around in darkness, blind to their own unfair criminal bias. And judging the violence here, they see the Jews as more guilty than Muslims. The Jews are the great committers of injustice here. I imagine that these professional uh, anti-Jew gas bags like Paul O'Brien in their 
other behaviors in life do have a normal sense of fairness. I imagine Paul O'Brien as a father with little children uh, squabbling over some toy. Uh, he will in invoke the concept of fairness, of balance between squabbling children, and in other episodes in his life, he will have a sense of fairness when it comes to the homicidal aggression against us. The primitive sense of fairness is overrun in a mind like his by a need to smear the Jew as the guilt bearer. So what catalyzed um, the foregoing comments uh, was this uh, Arutsheva post, Paul O'Brien, in his address to the Democratic women in Washington, D.C., uh, Washington that needs a serious washing of its corruption, he said, quote, We are opposed to the idea, and this I think is an essential part of the debate, that Israel should be preserved as a state for the Jewish people, close quote. Notice he does not say a state of the Jewish people, connoting ownership, landlordship. In his formulation, he is opposed to the idea of preserving Israel as a state for the Jewish people in the future, perhaps. Later, after his remarks elicited howls of Jewish protests, typical of uh, Jew-hating deniers, he would say that he, he was quoted out of context, but uh, did not deny the language. Accused by lots of Jews uh, for speaking this way, he affirmed his commitment that we, quote, recognize the right of self-determination for Jewish and Palestinian people as a basic human right. We take no position on the legal or political solutions that any people may take to exercise that right, close quote. Of all the immoral verbal gobbledygook here, in translation, this language establishes the Palestinians as a people just like the Jewish people, in every way, including the right to a state in its ancient homeland. And Amnesty takes, quote, no position on the legal and political solutions that any people may take to exercise that right, close quote, translation. If they believe they have the right uh, to murder Jews at random in terror atrocities, it's not Amnesty's job to judge their solution to exercising their right to a state. Mr. O'Brien walks around in darkness for his obnoxious, obtuse, condescending, rude statement, quote, I believe my gut tells me that what Jewish people in this country want is to know that there is a sanctuary that is a safe and sustainable place that the Jews, the Jewish people, can call home. Close quote. He, he talks as if there doesn't already exist a place like that called Israel. Uh, and this seems to have been an allusion on his part to the fantasy of such types who envision a future binational state of Jews and Palestinians living and working in friendly and cooperative coexistence, and never mind the impossibility of this utopian vision. The purpose of the vision really is less the vision than depriving the Jews of 100% ownership. The Jews must not be allowed to be the recognized owners of Palestine uniquely, and above all, of the third holiest city in Islam. This is what Obama and the Ireland-born anti anti-Jewess Samantha Power supported in the UN Security Council in Obama's penultimate month in office, the Jews must not be allowed to fulfill, as it once did, the promise to Abraham. That would confirm that the uh, truest preservation of Abraham's religion is not Islam, as Muslims claim, and not Christian theology either. Christians have their own misunderstanding of Jewishness, which does not include a concept uh, of a merciless Old Testament deity who wants to send everyone to hell forever for their sins, Neither does it include the concept of a Messiah who ends his career tortured to death and who had not succeeded in the slightest in saving the Jews his job. Uh, 
saving us Jews from what uh, we want to be saved from, uh, which is not eternal damnation and hellfire in the next life, but saved from homicidal Gentiles in this life. A Messiah who will not be exclusive to the Jews, but all mankind. All will recognize him. And the lie of the Jews as being cliquish and clannish will die away. Also on display in Paul O'Brien's sermon uh, is that, as far as I know, uh, he did not repudiate his organization's latest scarless anti-Semitic report, that smear of Israel. Uh, he was just being his obnoxious, supercilious self when he claimed to know what the Jewish collective really wants. He knows better than all the Jewish organizations. What American Jews want is not Israel, but in his mind, only a safe place somewhere. Notice how he writes as if there has not been for 74 years such a state. He said, quote, I believe my gut tells me that the Jewish people, what the Jewish people in this country want. And I say to him, uh, what's in your gut, Paul, is the smelly waste excrement of your hatred of Jews. So I seed the, uh, can see the accurate description of the source of your words. Uh, not from your brain, not from your heart, but the smelly bowels of your gut. You know what the Jews really want. It doesn't have to be an exclusively officially Jewish state. The Jews in Israel should want to be on the right side of history by sharing their country with its original indigenous inhabitants, a nation that the uh, Zionists stole from them. So, the Zionists stole no nation's land. The written record is clear about that. In all the documentation at the time of the First World War, uh, all of it is empty of any reference to Palestinians, as that term is used today. But don't expect official Israel to take note of this before Moshiach arrives.
Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show. Pull up a chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together, we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Ynetnews.com today posted an old news story, to borrow from Herzl. The headline and subhead was, quote, U.S. apathy in face of Iran raises alarm in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is growing increasingly wary as Washington remains indifferent to another Iranian strike on its own assets in the region, close quote. Uh, last uh, Sunday night, late Sunday night, the Iranians fired missiles that hit and damaged uh, U.S. installations in Iraq, and then Iran... Iran then said they were really aiming for the Mossad installation. Yeah, right. Uh, and it was uh, later said that this was retaliation for killing two revolutionary guards by the United States. The revolutionary guards are the private uh, militia of the mullahs, whose principal task is to defend the regime from the official army. In this culture, it's quite common for uh, the colonels to become unhappy with the junta, uh, at the uh, helm, and uh, they then go to insurrection, a real insurrection. You know, when a colonel or co- colonel and his cohorts show up at the parliament in session with a squad of tanks, they surround the building, uh, enter the chamber bearing assault rifles, arrest the government, put them in jail or house arrest forever. That's an insurrection, not the Woodstock for conservatives on January 6th in uh, Washington, D.C., some of them in their Disneyland costumes. That was not an insurrection. Iran fired those missiles, not drones have they used them against enemies in the past, uh, and they received from the United States the same response they received over 40 years of this behavior. No response. For a biblical generation, the Iranians have launched and supported lethal attacks against Americans in uniform. Hundreds have been killed you know, serving in the region, and there's no counterviolence from the United States which should inform future historians of this decadent age uh, something, I'm not sure what, future historians will want to know why the U.S. never responded to the endless violence, these homicidal strikes, commonly by proxy for the Iranians. So in reaction to this ynetnews.com piece about Israel's defense administrators wary of the uh, United States because it did not retaliate for the attack, it really is an old story, uh, a generation old, uh, as I see geopolitics in the Middle East, the principal fuel feeding political steps commonly is rooted in the hatred of Israel. Uh, when, after all, uh, are they doing in Vienna these days, if not toying with the possibility of Iran building an atomic bomb to drop on Israel, God forbid, as their leaders have spoken of. And because uh, humankind is obsessed with the Jews... My research into United Nations voting patterns 30 years ago supports that description. Uh, The U.S. and the Europeans have never wanted to prevent Iran from executing their hateful fantasy of a real final solution to the world's hostility to the Jews. For sure, Barack Hussein Obama is a covert Muslim jihadi, and since all Muslims are religiously obligated to wage jihad, religious war against all infidels, and since the Quran is laced with anti-Jew expressions, so Obama, the Muslim, left much evidence behind uh, uh, of his uh, behavior in this regard. Uh, 
Within the first 10 minutes of his first inaugural address, he slapped the Jews in the face, but did so so subtly, few noticed. Four months later, he spoke in Cairo, and significantly, not at the Western-style Cairo University founded by Christians in the 19th century, and not before the Egyptian parliament, he spoke in Al-Azhar, the Muslim seminary that turns out Muslim priests and where many of the most bloodthirsty Muslim terrorists matriculated. During this trip, Obama also met with and bowed down to the king of Saudi Arabia. When bowing down to kings was never the practice of any American president, as a statement of the revolutionary founding fathers who dismissed divine right monarchy as the system they did not want to live under. Before his first presidential year was out, Obama also ordered all government documents whose language linked in the same sentence the words terror, terrorism, terrorists, and Islam. All those had to be destroyed and replaced with new language lacking those terms. This was a true Orwellian nightmare come to life right out of 1984 whose lead ca- uh, character, Winston Smith, works in the Ministry of Truth, and his job is to dispose of yesterday's news and rewrite yesterday's news to a more politically politically correct version. Obama's destruction of government texts was right out of Joe Stalin's Russia as well, where the previous year's photographs of the leaders were doctored to Photoshop out leaders in the intervening year that Stalin had murdered. Before Obama's first year was out, a fellow Muslim, a psychiatrist in the army at Fort Hood in Texas, went out in a blaze of glory by murdering 13 fellow officers and wounding 30 others, shouting Allahu Akbar, which episode Obama described as workplace violence. You know, a dispute over who was next in line at the water cooler that just got out of hand. Islam, Islam had nothing to do with it, he said. This is more Islamic denial of the history. Obama's a covert Gianni, who in 2015 also sent $150 billion to the mullahs in Iran and produced an agreement that licensed them to build an atomic bomb after he was out of office. And so today, Joe Biden, Obama's sidekick in 2015, wants to further enrich Iran by giving them another $140 billion. This is the fuel of anti-Jew hatred that uh, continues to blaze in the world. America has never crippled Iran, as it should, because it's the only country in the Muslim region with the right stuff in manpower and uh, technical capabilities to produce an atomic bomb and homemade missiles. Iran has had a waiver from the U.S. and the U.K. and France, etc., against crippling retaliation because Iran is the great menace to Israel. So I think the missile strike in Erbil two days ago uh, that damaged U.S. property uh, it's just being ignored, just another aggression over some 43 years of aggression against the United States by a Muslim dictatorship run by Muslim priests that the U.S. has never responded to. Religion moves history, and in particular, uh, a still-living Jewishness in the world, which is religion-based nationalism, not to be confused within Islam, that everywhere produces governments of dictators which is another reason Islam hates Israel. Israel's a democracy. Uh, however, inferior to other democracies, but still a democracy when compared to Islam, which word literally means submission, which is the antithesis of liberty and freedom. Obama in office was the covert jihadi who starved the United States armed forces for money, reduced their presence in the Persian Gulf so that Israel would have no backup if it decided to destroy Iran's nuclear works. 
which takes yours truly back in time to my college years. I started out as an English major, but after two years I switched to majoring in religion because the excellent compulsory courses Columbia demanded of students in the first two years exposed to me a world history as never before and persuaded me that religion is the great engine of history and historical events. And so at the United Nations today, for all of its existence, really, the most discussed world problem is the crime of the Jews who stole Palestine from the Palestinians and continue, according to Amnesty International, to commit human rights against this ancient nation, the poor dears. And in a post today related to America's refusal to fight and subdue Iran, using not negotiations and deal-making but superior military force, Israel is no less guilty of this, of neglecting Judea and Samaria Thanks to an embarrassing fear of world opinion, I think, a new small group of European parliamentarians are not hypnotized by the poison of the world and Europe's classical anti-Jew spirit. Uh, these are people in, in the Netherlands and Belgium, and they have come together to do combat with the European Union's massive financial aid to the PA, which is used to build all over Area C, uh, thousands of buildings, and Israel has done nothing ever since the onset of the Oslo abomination years ago to stop this. For years, the PA, with anti-Semitic Europe's support, they've not only built uh, over 72,000 buildings in Judea and Samaria, they filed hundreds of legal documents to literally clog the Israeli courts. This report comes from the heretofore unknown Tatsbi news site in Israel, whose website uh, raises my suspicions. But I'll accept this report, according to which three years ago, Naftali Bennett, he was that prime minister then, said if he could, if he, he would demolish all these EU-funded buildings, and said so in a meeting in December 2019 with Euro ambassadors here, but since taking office, he has not done that. And I sur surmise this is part of Israel's spiritual paralysis. Developmental psychologists speak of the mercurial teenager who one day resents being restricted by parents. Uh, he wants more freedom now that he's growing up. And the next day he resents being treated as, a, uh, as an adult and no longer a child that parents can indulge. Israelis like Bennett can talk tough when he had no power, but then given power, he does not want to defy them by asserting Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria which would empower Israel to demolish all those structures. Bennett fears Europe's reaction to declaring sovereignty because it would also have to be based in the Jewish belief in the gift of this land to Abraham. And since Israelis have never claimed sovereignty on the basis of the Palestine Mandate and League of Nations documentation, this is not in the cards. Bennett fears uh, the Europeans, and rightly so, but that fear is partially induced by anxiety having to assert one's Jewish religion and history as validation for the claim of sovereignty in this age of post-religion, they fear being out of step with uh, post-religious Gentile times.
Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. So it's welcome news, if not hopeful news, that some European politicians, very few, see the miserable aggression against us in Israel by Europe uh, committed by spending all this money to build structures for our enemy people in order to stymie Israel from even thinking of annexing all of Judea and Samaria. Because then Israel will become responsible for the Gentiles there who will have rights, the rights of owners of buildings they built. To annex Judea and Samaria, Israel will have to abandon its neurotic relationship to its Jewish identity and fight back as never before against our enemies, not only here among the Arabs, but the Europeans, starting with a rejection of the alleged identity of these Arabs as Palestinians when there's nothing Palestinian about them. And therefore, Israel has no obligation to entertain their claim to being a nation deserving of state in the land of Israel when there's no record of any such nation called Palestinians living here. Israel uh, lets world anti-Jewry dictate the terms of discussion and cripples itself in the process. Some pro-Israelites over the years have wondered why its PR is so poor and that's because once you play along with the fantasy of a Palestinian nation with political rights like other nations, you are finished. Once you accept this lie, all you can negotiate is the magnitude of your defense of your defeat. How much land are you going to fork over to this nation victimized by Zionism? Such an initiative, launched from here, would also benefit Israel's supporters worldwide. For example, the JNS site just posted a piece on the trendy NGO in the States, the Sierra Club, that in the past has had no political view of Israel for the Sierra Club. Israel was a place to visit and inspect Israel's innovations and caring for the environment, green Israel. The Sierra Club also used to organize uh, trips to Israel for its members to inspect our ecology. But anti-Jews are rising up everywhere. We all know that. And now they have attacked the Sierra Club for its benign and productive relationship with Israel. In the veteran uh, Jewish news of uh, California, I think Northern California, and they now report that the woke in the States have attacked the Sierra Club for collaborating with Israel's greenwashing. A, a PR campaign like its pinkwashing support for uh, sodomy. Uh, the club has received numerous complaints that it legitimizes Israel by ignoring the Palestinians and eventually succeeded uh, these uh, anti-Jews, in getting Sierra Club to cancel future trips. The Jewish News of California reported the Sierra Club has recently, quote, committed to social justice and anti-racism. Uh, it met with representatives of progressive groups who persuaded the Sierra Club to cancel any future trips to Israel. Uh, this is the same behavior as we saw in the summer of 2020 by major corporations forking over millions of dollars to the race hustlers in the BLM fraud is basically protection money. Uh, the Barbie Pirates called it tribute, uh, which money given in 2020 enabled the swindler-in-chief of BLM to buy numerous multi-million dollar private homes. In other words, these extortion artists of the woke 
they made it known that a major corporation had to pay up or have its corporate headquarters smeared with graffiti, uh, calling it a racist, fascist, imperialist enterprise. The USA is truly under attack, as never before and as never imagined. Whoever in American history imagined a day when the president would be a complete corrupt criminal uh, who opens the border of the state to all comers, meaning potentially lots more 9-11-style Islamic saboteurs, drug smugglers, uh, whose evil commerce has just resulted in uh, West Point cadets tempting death with cocaine, unknown to them, laced with the lethal communist Chinese manufactured fentanyl. Biden opened the door to uh, human sex trafficking, sex slave trafficking, which should not overly surprise since the American president in the 1990s uh, was himself a degenerate. There is this what's going on is an Orwellian Lewis Carroll nightmare, a president who throttled an independent oil and gas industry and now begs Iran and Russia and the Saudis to help. Yesterday, I believe it was, I saw a video of this latest Biden lunacy with him shouting from a podium that he was sick of people saying inflation was his fault. No, it's Putin's fault, he said. And frankly, yours truly is tired of focusing only on this stupid, corrupt man. No less culpable are all the Democratic congressmen and senators who have not called for his impeachment and removal from office. The narcissism of American culture. Uh, began to flare in the 1950s and 60s. And in the 1970s already, the great novelist, journalist, the late Tom Wolfe, coined the expression, the me decade. Social uh, critic Christopher Lash wrote of the culture of narcissism. And the highly technical psychoanalyst Otto Kernberg wrote of borderline conditions and pathological narcissism, which he said was prevalent in the culture. And so a generation later, this creep named James Dorsey, inventor of Twitter, not only cut off Donald Trump's ability to tweet, he was the people's choice. He was the president. Uh, this Twitty, this uh, Dorsey clown also silenced the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden's laptop, which the American electorate had to be apprised of. To me, this was a supreme absence of patriotism on his part. Patriotism makes narcissists break out in a rash. Dorsey's denying the right of the electorate to the existence of that laptop was a supreme act of uh, the opposite of patriotism. Yet so pathological is Trump derangement syndrome. Like all pathology, it's malignant. It brought on Dorsey's supreme offense of stifling information, exposing a candidate for president as a truly evil, stupid, disgusting man, and therefore a danger to the American people. More important to Dor Dorsey and his ilk was getting rid of Trump, not the defense of the republic. Trump derangement syndrome, the expression, was coined by the late admirable Charles Krauthammer as a joke at first. He was a qualified psychiatrist and practiced for a short time in that role, only it has proven to be no joke. Joe Biden is wrecking the country, and Trump derangement syndrome was a major factor in this corrupt man's coming to prominence. The over-the-top hostility to Trump was positively hysterical and part of a malignancy of the spirit that is killing culture in various ways, including the plague of sexual perversion, which two-word expression no longer in the public arena of ideas can be heard. It is too politically incorrect these days. 
The fantasy, for example, of the transgender is arguably one of the hallmarks of the pathological narcissism, which is what it is in this degenerate age. Uh, the proper name for the verbal camouflage of the LGB tirade, the charade uh, is pathological narcissism. Every one of those letters stands for a behavior in which the purpose is sheer physical pleasure. The pleasure of making a baby, only with the uh, without the making of the baby. The Holy One, blessed be he, wanted his greatest creature to be fruitful and mel- multiply like all animals, only unlike them, they would be, there would be the opportunity to embezzle the pleasure of reproduction without the reproduction. So let's end on an up note. The war in Ukraine has been a dreadful thing to watch But uh, so far for Israel, there has been a silver lining, probably unique on the world stage, the latest massive influx of Jews. More than 100,000 are expected. The the last great one happened in the 1990s with the collapse of the evil empire. Uh, God bless Ronald Reagan for making up that nickname. In the 1950s, some 650,000 Jews poured in from the Muslim countries, and of course, in 1948... And immediately after, hundreds of thousands of Holocaust refugees from Europe. Also, perhaps another plus will be the making of Ukraine's Jewish Zelensky an international hero. Thursday is Purim, when we remember uh, previous Putin-like monsters like uh, King Ahasuerus and his Prime Minister Haman. We survived them with the help of God, and of course, uh, he'll be with us again. Okay, that's it for this edition of Phantom Nation, generously sponsored by Floridians for the Safety and Security of Israel Institute, whose email is Floridians, numeral number four, Israel Institute at gmail.com. The music you heard was uh, Daniel Aviel and David Gerwitz, and we will conclude with Yosef Karduna as we usually do. Uh, for those who want the full story of how the Muslims and anti-Jew Jews invented the fake Palestinians, buy my book, Phantom Nation, in hardcover or Amazon Kindle. It's long, but many say once you start reading, it's hard to put down because it's the best, most truthful and insightful book ever on the war against Israel. Uh, three other podcasts like this one are also available each week via subscription at www.phantom-nation.com. Lidatov from the OJT, the Occupied Jewish Territories. I'm Shai Bentakoa.
If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 